tear your soul apart. Welcome to Scream 101. I'm Shannon Shalakian. And I'm Brennan Klein. And and if you hear a slight hum in the background of this episode, we apologize. But uh, just be lucky you're getting an episode because it's so hot that if we turned off the air conditioning, we would probably pass out and die of heat stroke halfway through. Yeah, the temperature is too damn high. <laughs> it is really hot. All of a sudden. Just, just very suddenly. But anyway... Our, back to our high-quality broadcasting. We have a special guest with us today. His name is Henry. He is our roommate, and he was just kind of doing his homework while watching with us, and we decided to have him on. Yeah, he put it down to watch Hellraiser because it was so engrossing, and I was like, hey, you want to come on instead of Shannon? And Shannon was like, hey, I'm on the show too, and I was like, okay, fine. That's actually pretty close to ac- accurate. Um, but I will say... Ten word reviews. <laughs> Hellraiser is a great procrastination device for your homework. All right, uh, on to our 10 reviews. Uh, I have none because school. So, Brendan, why don't you start? Okay. My 10 word reviews are Brooklyn, so good it erased my hatred of Emery Cohen. Arachnophobia, a pretty rote storyline, but spiders always work. And Volver, a colorful, adorable incest murder story. Only a Moldovar. Ew. You have to watch it. You have to. You'll, it'll, you'll understand. That's a subplot. Whatever. Henry, what's your 10-word review? Uh, hi. My 10-word review is for Midnight Special, and it's, I liked Michael Shannon better in Superman. That's fair, and that's, whew, that's not high praise. <laughs> Let's just uh, go into our discussion like normal people. Um, our plot. Uh, from horror master Clive Barker comes this chilling nightmare featuring the first appearance of the hideous demonic pinhead. When Christy Cotton's family moves into their ancestral home, they are terrorized by the resurrected corpse of her uncle, who requires the flesh of murdered innocent victims in order to become whole and alive again. A creepy, thrillingly perverse tale straddling heaven and hell, extreme pleasure and unbearable pain, Hellraiser will haunt your dreams. And as normal, we will have spoilers in everything that we talk about. We rate scariness 1 to 5 screams, campiness 1 to 5 perms, gore 1 to 5 severed limbs and quality one to five unlucky stars uh, i'll start off let's let's talk about scariness for just a moment uh i'm gonna rate it three out of five because there was not only one worm shot there were two there was two yeah what is okay what is, what is your backstory with worms is it like a batman thing where like worms killed your parents and then you fell down a well neither of those things happened with batman there is a there's definitely a well in batman right. oh oh well henry does comics was there oh, he fell DC, down a well and sorry. then Batman was like the bats. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Well, it will he for, got scared. It will forever be a mystery to you. Yeah. Um no, so oh, there no, were there, there were two worm shots plus um some of the like some of the creatures were actually pretty scary. Like my favorite is um uh horse teeth man. Where he just has like these these like fish hooks that are like holding his face back. On both sides of his face, so you, all you see is his teeth, and he's just like, yeah. His his official title is Chatterer. Oh, that makes sense. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, 
there were some scary bits. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like scary, like I was worried for my own self, but it was scary as in if I was in that situation, it would probably be very scary. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Like, I would not want to mess with those guys. Exactly. Uh, Sorry, real quick, because the back of the uh, DVD box did not really explain this, there is a mysterious puzzle box that opens a portal to an S&M dimension of demonic pleasure and pain to push beyond the realms of human experience. And these are led by the Cenobites, who are led by Pinhead, and they're like these evil S&M demons, which is like open wounds. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. That's the entire movie. Um, I mean, basically, Clive Barker isn't a big fan of, like, plots or characters or, like, making sense. Or, like making films oh clive barker burn <laughs> anyway henry uh, how scary did you did you think the movie was uh i didn't think it was actually i gave it a zero oh, okay i wasn't really scared by it just because i mean yeah if i was actually in that situation for real i would be dead and also probably really frightened before then but just watching it uh it wasn't really scary it was just kind of too goofy <laughs> like yeah the way everyone interacted was sort of like I don't know. I was just like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's kind of like this arch weird like soap opera type acting. Like I understand that and I understand that like scariness is in the eye of the beholder. But I I also gave it a 3 out of 5 just like Shannon. Not cuz I'm afraid of worms, but because I can actually like access like the kind of uh like super goopy 80s stuff because I watch so much of it. I kind of understand what it's doing more or like I can connect with it. Yeah, and what you just said made me just imagine if Hellraiser was a like day drama daytime drama where it was just like you're yeah it it pretty much is like oh you know she's married to this man but she doesn't really love him she really loves his uh his brother sexy brother with no skin (laughs) but his sexy brother with no skin loves drugs and banging random women and um wants to experience pleasure by finding a demonic box so he comes back as as like a sack of bones and has to suck i mean it's like I mean, basically, it's like Dark Shadows, you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, all right. Uh, it was a soap opera. All right, so uh, scariness is good. And well, let's move on to campiness, Brennan. Uh, I also gave it, I gave it three out of five perms for campiness because of those things that we were talking about. It's very, like, uh, stilted and over the top in terms of some of the performances. The lead lady who's cheating on her husband with a super hot skinless dude, um, she basically dresses like David Bowie 100% of the time. And then the other 100% of the time, she's also dressed like Annie Lennox. So there's that. And then obviously uh, the most 80s thing in the movie, obviously, is that it's based on a Rubik's Cube, probably. And that could only come out of the 80s, right? Right? <laughs> no. But okay. <laughs> um, I agree. I, I gave it 3 out of 5 K-minus, too. Um, the, just the power suit. The fact that, that her suit had shoulders that went out until, like like latitude lines you know they were just so so far out um that was pretty pretty fantastic and then uh uh also kirstie who is the daughter um you could tell that we're on the brink of like going into the 90s because she definitely looks like she looks like my older sister did when uh when she was in high school you know so it's like you know we're getting into it we're getting into it um and we haven't watched a lot of later 80s stuff that's true a lot of early 80s for us recently like, I mean, American Werewolf was 81 and what's not. Exactly. So uh, this was a very fun, very campy movie. Um, and I love the fashion. It's so great. What about you, Henry? What do you rate it? Uh, yeah, I, I gave it a two uh, for campiness. Pretty much for 
I think the same reasons you guys did. The I loved the outfits of the like the stepmother, but I think I think she pretty much encapsulated most of the campiness for me, and specifically because she'd stand at high oh, yeah. angles, lit like a evil stepmother from Disney, and I just she yeah. just stand there looming quietly, and then just like walk away. But I think out of that, I loved that the daughter. Kirsty looked at her with the same expression of like, "What the hell are you doing?" Yeah, she like you could actually relate to her in that in that in that moment because you're like, yeah, because you're just like, while we're watching half of the time, I'm watching this movie, being like, "What is going on?" Yeah. You know, as Henry nods vigorously. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, um, why, why? So yeah, all right, on to gore. This is the the primo category for this movie. So Brennan, why don't you start us off? Okay. Um, I would rate this movie four out of five severed limbs. It, like, this is one of the reasons that I chose to watch this movie is because like it's this crazy gore showcase, and I was like, Shannon's super into gore. I didn't realize or I didn't think about how different the gore is from most of the stuff that we watch, because if you allow me to get a little analytical, most of the gore that we watch in slasher movies and stuff is about destruction, and about like rending the flesh and all of this stuff but a lot of pin i mean a lot of uh, hellraiser's gore is about creation like the goopiest goriest craziest parts are when um frank the brother is like coming out of the floorboards and creating his new body and like gaining new layers of dripping flesh and blood and muscle and tendon and goo and it's disgusting and the the death and blood scenes are well rendered but the scariest goriest parts are just like basically like 3d printing a human it's disgusting yeah and brendan the entire time was just like talking about how much he wanted to bang like skinless guy and i'm like that's so gross well that's only because i'd seen him before and he's hella ripped yeah but if if you even if you knew that he was hella ripped and then you see him go through the process of gaining skin back by murdering people and sucking their like essence out of them they would no longer be sexy well he's, he's got his skin back i'm so concerned for you so, uh, Henry, what is your rating for gore? Uh, I gave it four out of five as well. Just It was super gross, but, like, really great. Like, super gnarly. And, yeah, it wasn't, like you said, it, Brennan, it wasn't really about, like, we're going to tear these people apart, like, continuously. It was just weird, like, the layers and just... It was just gore that was there. Like, that's just how they are. Like, uh-huh. it was... Oh, it was great. Yeah. Um, I... Okay, I'm gonna. I originally gave it a three out of five. I will up it to a four out of five because there were some. Victory. I know there were some interesting um, gore creations that I wouldn't seen. Like for example, there's this one scene where Kirsty, for whatever reason, is looking out over um, this like white body under reasons. Who needs them? <laughs> whatever, um, a white body under like a white sheet, and then you see red pool up from underneath and like soak the body. Um, which was really cool. And, but other than that, like, I wasn't super impressed by the gore, mostly because I get, like, a rush from, like, things blowing up and, like, things, like, being torn apart and things like that. And I, with the creation, I just didn't get that, like, that high. I'm getting kind of nervous over here. Whatever. I have to leave immediately. <laughs> you should. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> this is a really anyway. episode. Let's move on. We all, we all did our gore scores, right? Yeah. Okay, let's move on to quality. Uh, I'm going to send the quality off to Henry because I think he like mediates b- between us the best. I agree. I'm the mediator. Um, 
Hello. Yes, I I gave it a quality of three, and those three points entirely just go to the makeup department and the design for the creatures, weird demons, like, and also the actors who had to sit there and get all that makeup put on. But like, Henry is an illustration major. Everyone, just <laughs> so you know, might might lend some uh, some looksy into why he may be voting this way. Yes, <laughs> I, it was not a great movie, but yeah, uh, like I loved. I loved the weird chattering demon yeah. that Shannon mentioned with the mouth pulled back and you could see just ex- exposed, almost horse-like teeth. Yeah, they're the true champion, you know? Oh, yeah. And the, and the uh, there was one woman demon who part of her throat was cut open and pulled open and it, it was like really kind of just like a, I don't know, like yeah. a gross second mouth. And she would stroke it? Yeah. yeah. My, my, my sister calls her vagina throat. <laughs> Okay, oh I God. was gonna say look like a vagina <laughs> neck, but I didn't know if we were allowed to go there. Oh, totally. I mean, all of Clive, well, okay, most of Clive Barker's stuff, because um, he's very, like, sexually adventurous and SM based, and just he really likes to be disturbingly sexual at all times. So that's on purpose. I feel like he was almost sort of like a slightly dampered version of H.R. Geiger's kind of aesthetic. Oh, yeah. I'm really sad they never made a movie together as far as I know. I'll have to check because if there is one, I'm going to watch it right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that it really leads a, leads to a new definition of deep-throating. So. Okay, my you quality score. You were holding on to that score. one. <laughs> I was. I was so excited. My quality score is four out of five unlucky stars. Um, mainly based on what Henry was saying. Like, from an aesthetic standpoint, Hellraiser is kind of unimpeachable like there is a lot of really cool challenging imagery like there's a part where this uh a hospital wall splits open to become like a doorway to a hallway into hell and these spider webs just are stretching along with it and all of the imagery that we've talked about like all of the demons makeup and all the gore like it's really really spectacularly realized and that lends to this super weird atmosphere of like clive with clive barker you never know what's going to happen next because there's not really a through line per se. Um, there's perhaps more than Nightbreed. I'm not totally sure about that. But um, once you step back and look at the kaleidoscope of images, you're like, this is an awesome film and I really like it. Like I'm I'm impacted by it. And on to Shannon. Okay, so I'm gonna give it a two out of five because there was no plot and I didn't care about it whatsoever. And would I watch it again? Sure. Only because, like, Pinhead and the Chatterer and Vagina Neck all, um, you know, they were cool. But they were in literally, like, four minutes of the movie. Oh, yeah. That, that, well, I mean, that happens a lot with a lot of classic movie monsters. I mean, Bride of Frankenstein, who's this popular, like, really embedded in the popular culture, she's an icon. She was only in the film for like seven minutes and she was never in any of the other films as far as I know. But like when people make an impression, they make an impression and it works. Yeah, exactly. So two out of five for me, meh, whatever. Who cares? <sighs> You're hurting me. You're hurting me inside, Shannon. She jaded. I, uh, I wrecked you. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to something uh, more uplifting, our champion dialogue segment. And I'll start with that with that not so happy note. My champion dialogue is when um, Frank is finally caught in all the fish hooks, um, which is like an episode of SpongeBob, and he just was like pulled, <laughs> Ew. pulled Ew. apart. I'm imagining that now. No. 
yeah it, i mean anyway so he was like caught in all the push hooks and like pulled 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 and then he knew that he was gonna like you know sn- like his body was gonna snap apart and so the thing that he said was jesus wept which is my favorite bible verse and i'll tell you why because it's the only one that i can remember because it is two words long so uh yeah that was a that's something else Okay, and my champion dialogue is when uh, Frank shows up all uh, rain-covered and sexy to seduce the wife. Like, presumably, like, the night and or the next day after her wedding is, like, the implication there. And this is how he introduces himself to her because she's never met him and she doesn't recognize him. I'm Frank. I'm brother Frank. And just, like, it, it feels like... He's he's some sort of monk or something like that's such a weirdly written line. I don't understand why it happened that way. Yeah, because there there was a lot of like weird um, religious context, you know, in the movie. Like there were there were nuns, and then there was all this like religious paraphernalia, and then there was um, kind of like like this like spawning from hell, and then the thing that that Henry will talk about later um, at the very end. Um, but yeah, so anyway, I really like that as well. It was it was s- silly the way that he read it as well. So cool. Yeah. Anyway, Henry. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, my champion dialogue was uh, when the in the very beginning, <clears throat> when the father and the daughter on the phone because the daughter was supposed to come over to the house and stay there with them, and the the dad's trying to convince her over, and she's like at a hotel. She's like, ah, no, it's fine. I really don't want to go to that creepy place. And he's like, oh, come on, you'll love the house. To which she responds, you'll love my room. And I remember us all kind of going, huh? I said I found a room. Well, wait, I thought you were going to stay with us for a while. Dad? But you'd like this house. You'd like my room. Yeah, because there's, there's, again, Clyde Barker, I'm not going to put it past him. There's a lot of, like, kind of incestual elements to everything in this movie and it's disgusting but also it's kind of one of those like i'm putting my foot down like i got a room deal with it i don't know it's interesting speaking of people doing things favorite character <laughs> shannon was your favorite character my favorite character was the only interesting character in the entire movie and it's kirsty um brandon just gave me a silly look which is great uh but it's kirsty and it's because one she's got rock and fashion sense two she actually like wants to be an independent woman and like gets a job and gets her own place and like doesn't want to be under the thumb of her father and um is really amazing and wonderful and she just becomes super awesome and uh survives the the demon sensophiles what are they called cenobites trilobites (laughs) I don't know if I totally agree that she's interesting. She's or really good at puzzles, Brennan. She is great at puzzles. She figured that out, like, off the bat. She didn't even know what it was. Like, if I had a Rubik's Cube in my hands, I would just stare at it and then throw it away. So I'd be safe from Pinhead. Um, but anyway, my favorite character is the Chatterer Cenobite with his little teeth. He looks like he's sitting in the dentist chair, and his gums are pulled back so he could, like, look in with the magnifying glass. Or <laughs> How do dentists work? I don't know. There's little jeweler glasses that just little magnifying keeps like going. Yeah, exactly. And um, he just seems like he's having a good time. I like that. What about you, Henry? Uh, my favorite character was also the Chatterer. Uh, good job. Good uh, work. Yeah, he just, his little teeth clicking together. And 
part of me from middle school identified with all the metal in your mouth from having terrible oh, yeah. braces and rubber bands and contraptions. And I was just like, yeah, I understand, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess um, braces are the closest we can get to the pleasure and the pain of the pinhead dimension. <laughs> all pain. But the pleasure afterwards, because the pain makes the pleasure that much sweeter of the pleasure of straight teeth. I'm taking that away. <laughs> Run, he, Shannon. He's not going to have that anymore. They have the mic. Okay, um, so we'll move on to favorite scene. Uh, my favorite scene was anytime Kirsty was walking outside. Because she just, weird things were happening. She's like, she's walking. Where are they? Baltimore? I think they're in England. Yeah. Oh. Everyone had British accents. Oh. Yeah, they moved from uh, Brooklyn. Huh. Okay. Well, anyway, so they're in London, I guess. Close. You were close. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where you say, sorry, Dad. <laughs> uh anyway so I, so they were in london and kirsty was like walking around i guess london and she's just wearing this like, giant white puffy shirt with a belt over it like she's a pirate and then she's got like indiana jones's brown jacket over it it's wonderful she like she, no it's okay she was looks like she was going to the renaissance fair yeah that's oh, right that's right yeah and then um after that she uh she's like running with the with the box outside as well and she like runs into some nuns and then gets knocked out it's i don't know anytime she was outside it was funny <laughs> yep uh definitely a scene definitely great um my favorite scene is there's a scene where uh the mom is flashing back to her having sex with her husband's brother on top of her wedding dress which <laughs> is unsanitary <laughs> But, um, yeah, that's true. No, that's the bad part. Oh, yeah. Ew, ew. Nope. Moving on. I'm, because I'm sure when you're doing it with Frank, there's going to be blood, too, so the red is not going <laughs> to. Anyway, um, favorite scene. I like her flashback to that because it's uh, juxtaposed with the scene of her husband tr- trying to move the mattress upstairs. So, like, the the thrusting of the sex and the thrusting of him trying to like shove this mattress upstairs and it's bringing his hand closer and closer to closer to a nail that's going to slice him open and that blood is going to bring his dead brother back to life like what they're both being nailed hey but it just shows this weird clive barker sensibility of like sex is leading to pain and to violence and the fact that the mattress in both scenes is the same mattress is really interesting for me i like that scene a lot I agree. If you want to have a good time, move a mattress up the stairs. (laughs) Anyway, what was your favorite scene? Uh, My favorite scene was the very end when uh, everything's going down and she's trying to, Kirstie's trying to close the puzzle box and cast all the demons back. And the last demon is there, which is this enormous, about six, seven foot baby man, scorpion creature. And, oh, never mind. And uh, she drops the puzzle box and the scorpion baby man and her are fighting for the puzzle box. But they're basically just playing little tiny baby slap hands (laughs) as the creature just wiggles around. And she's trying to make it look convincing, but it's just really funny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the the baby monster just decks her boyfriend, too, which is great. Yeah, I love that, too, because it's an enormous creature with a huge scorpion tail that it doesn't use once. And this guy's coming at him and the creature's reflex is to just punch him in the face with his hand (laughs) his little baby hand baby hand alrighty so on to our games I actually only have one game this time but I think we're all gonna enjoy it very much Um, this game is called spider bites it's about Clive Barker and it's about Peter Parker (laughs) 
So I'm going to give you... Okay, so basically the background of this is that in the in the extended Hellraiser universe... Spider-Man's there? No, 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 no. But um, there are many, 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 like, basically dozens, if not hundreds of Cenobites um, that are talked about in the other movies or in his books. And so basically I'm going to give you a name, and the name's either going to be of a Cenobite or a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> and you have to guess which is which. And it's going to be first come, first serve, so whoever, like, raises their hand first will get to answer that question. Okay. So, the first one... This one's basically just going to be whoever's fastest. Chatterer. Shannon. That was Hellraiser. Good job. Yeah. Okay, number two. The Finisher. Shannon? Hellraiser? That's actually Spider-Man, and I just decided I'm going to give whoever... I'm going to give Henry the point if you lose. You can't just decide that on the... This is my game, Shannon. Okay, number three, Doomsdayer. Henry. Um, Spider-Man? No, that's a Cenobite, so Shannon gets the point. <laughs> Sounded like a Superman villain, so... Shannon, do you feel better about the rules now? No, I still think it's stupid. Well, that sucks. Um, number four, Tinkerer. Shannon? Okay. Two things. One, I think it's Spider-Man, but two, I also think that isn't Tinker from Cabin in the Woods. Maybe, but that's that's irrelevant. <laughs> but I don't remember. Maybe. Okay, but it's still Spider-Man. It is Spider-Man. Yeah. Yay. Okay. Uh, number five, Bright Eyes. That's a band. Henry. Um, Hellraiser. That is the name of a Cenobite. You get a point. Yes. So we're halfway through the game, and Henry has two points, and Shannon has three. So let's see who wins. Number six, Craven the Hunter. Henry. Spider-Man? That is a Spider-Man villain. So now you're neck and neck. Uh, Number seven, Doppelganger. Henry. Spider-Man? Yes. Number eight, the Hellions. Shannon. Spider-Man. That, that is a group of Cenobites, actually. What? But there's Hellions in the Marvel Universe, too. Uh, they weren't on my list of Spider-Man villains I saw on Wikipedia. I'll give you half a point. No, you don't have to do that. It's fine. I'm going to do what I want. Uh, number nine, Shriek. Henry? Hellraiser? That's actually a, a Spider-Man villain. <laughs> and the final one, High C. Uh, Henry. Well, you were... Go, Henry, go. Okay. Uh, Spider-Man? That's actually a Cenobite. Damn it. <laughs> it's like vitamin C. I don't know. So the end of this game, Henry has five points and Shannon has five and a half. So I guess Shannon... Yay! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> anyway, let's head on into our closing statements and our recommendations. So, uh, Shannon, what would you recommend for people who agreed with you about this movie? Um, I would recommend The Thing because it has awesome gore and uh, a good plot line and actually is enthralling. So, yeah. That's the burn. Feel the burn. <laughs> anyway, Henry, what would you recommend? Well, um, this movie had demons and I liked the aesthetic of it. So if you like demons and cool 
pretty neat aesthetic. I recommend Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, the movie from uh, 2000. Sounds good. And my recommendation, I like I've talked about this movie so much, but I need to recommend it. It's From Beyond, which is the Stuart Gordon film that he did after Reanimator. It has giant goopy monsters. It has S&M. Like, what more could you want? To as like a double double bill with Hellraiser, and also Barbara Crampton is in it, and she's cool. Uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, and also I think it would make Shannon equally uncomfortable at times. <laughs> anyway, um, onto the clue section. Our clue from last week. I said we're going to be like visiting a movie that we missed and we like what nerve did we have whatever it that was a very bad clue for a twitch of the death nerve which is the episode that we skipped but that's going to be the episode uh, that's going to be the movie that we watch in the next uh, that's gonna be the movie we watch two weeks from now uh which i'm very excited to uh, finally show to shannon because we skipped it like back in january because we were sick i guess or something something happened basically so um Here's the clue for the episode two. Oh, my God. We're watching Twitch of the Death Nerve next week. That's what happened. What? <laughs> you were just like, oh, and I was like, that's a good clue. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and here's our clue for episode two weeks from now. Two weeks from now is Shannon's last week of school before graduation. So you know what that means. She'll be sharpening her pencils to do battle with the title of our next slasher. Dun, dun, dun. And if you have a guess for that clue, you can contact us on Scream 101 Pod. You can on Twitter, on Facebook. You can find us at Scream 101 Podcast. You can find us via email at Scream 101 Podcast at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars because we suffered through this unbearable heat just so we could do this for you. Um, and also, if you like cool aesthetics. And specifically <laughs> art. Uh, you can follow me, Henry, on Instagram. It's Henry underscore Bow underscore Benry. Hooray. That's fun. I like that. And, oh, really quick. on th- I'm featured on this week's Now Streaming podcast, which is actually the last Now Streaming podcast. Um, Andrew Furtado, who's a good friend of mine, he decided to stop doing the show because he wasn't really getting paid for it. Chance? Yeah, and Brendan makes fun of me on the podcast, so you especially have to watch it. It it's great. Uh, it's very very uh, heartfelt and also butt felt sometimes. Um, it's really. <laughs> um, it was really fun. It was like seventeen of us packed around three or four microphones and just shouting at each other. And there was a guy who was drunk who was trying to describe movies, and we had to guess what he was talking about. And it's basically a giant party in a podcast, and it's like his the funeral for now streaming. So you should go out to his podcast and check it out. Boost his numbers to force him to continue, like on any horror franchise where they say it's the final chapter. And in keeping with now streaming, because there's not really any songs in Hellraiser, I'm going to close us out with a theme song to Animorphs, which during the recording of that episode, I realized is on Netflix.
Uh, today we have a guest with us. Uh, his name is Henry. He is our other roommate. Y'all may remember Brenda from our um, Stage Fright Aquarius episode a while ago. She wasn't on that. Which episode was she on? None. She's never been on the show. Yeah, she has. No? <sighs> <laughs> no! Oh my god! That's hilarious! I, I just found on my phone an image of Patrick Starr from Spongebob with his mouth full of fish hooks and it says Jesus wept. All right, bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.